Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. 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 Father, we praise your name. We ask that you have your way. Speak afresh in this place. Radiate through us. Talk to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. What a, what a marvelous. Y'all need to send up some hearts in there to this band right now on Facebook, YouTube. Put some hearts up for this band, for Gloria. What a beautiful way they blessed us. And for our babies who sang for us this morning and blessed us. We're going to do a quick ride, so stay with me this morning because I might say some things and catch your attention. Hopefully it will. Uh, from the book of Jonah chapter 4, and I'm just going to read a few verses there. Jonah chapter 4, verse 8. It says, when the sun came up, God prepared a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he fainted. And he wished to die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. And then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the loss of the plant? And he said, I have a very good reason to be angry, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 innocent persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand? Wait a minute. And are not yet accountable for sin, as well as many blameless animals. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to talk about this God of a second chance. This is part seven of this series. Ride with me this morning, God of a second chance. Let's get on, let's get it on. Let's get on the struggle bus with Jonah. Jonah was on the struggle bus. <laughs> That's the best way you could put it. He was on the show enough struggle bus. He was having a struggle, he was, he was struggling with what? God was doing, he was struggling with what was going on. And from chapter 1 to chapter 4, verse 11, Jonah is still on the struggle bus and God keeps trying to talk to him. Jonah is subconsciously and maybe even consciously struggling, not with the Ninevites, but with God. He's on the struggle bus with God. Let me back up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Tell me, I need to put you up in it because I want to call you Jonah today. Because there are times in our lives when we're not mad at situations or people or the folk that put us in the situation. We're really wondering why, God, where are you at right now? 
I'm sick and tired. I can't believe it. If you're that good, that omniscient, that kind, that loving, you know what I'm going through. God, if you can't handle it, I will. But something need to be handled up in here. Something needs to I know somebody can testify. If you were honest enough about it, there have been times you've been on the struggle bus. And whether you acknowledge it or not, you were really struggling. Yeah. See, Jonah is subconsciously or maybe even consciously struggling with God. Jonah is subconsciously and maybe unconsciously struggling. Now, now, what do you mean, Reverend? Well, well, I can see him struggling because in the very beginning, he, what, he do, what does he do? He abandoned his assignment. He abandoned, look, Jonah, go down and preach in Nineveh, and Jonah flees to Tarshish. He gets to the farthest point of the known world to get away from what God has commanded him to do. He flees to Tarshish. Now, Jonah does not believe that if he gets to Tarshish, God's not there. He's just he's getting away from God. Chapter 1, verse 3. He says, look, he flees to Tarshish from the presence of the from what? From the presence of the Lord? Really, Jonah? Really? Didn't the psalmist already help us with this? Whither shall I go from thy presence? From your spirit? If I ascend even to show, you're there. If I make my bed in the heavens, you're there. Jonah goes down there, flees Tarshish. If he is not really fleeing from the presence of the Lord, maybe the phraseology means that he wants to get out of what God has said to him. And in a way, Jonah's disrespecting God. I don't know about you, but if I tell my children something to do and they go in the opposite direction, there's going to be some explaining need to be done. I'm just saying. I just, he, because what is it if you go the opposite direction of what I just told you to do? You are doing what to me? You're disrespecting me. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I like the old Bill Cosby before this one got in trouble, but he, he said it best. I brought you in this world. <laughs> Y'all, and I make another one look just like you. No, just kidding. That's, just, that's, really, that's really insensitive humor. It is not politically correct. Don't nobody call me on that. I'm just telling you. <laughs> he abandons his assignment. Stay with me for a moment. But then once on the ship, chapter 1, verse 12, they, they get ready. They're, they're in the middle of the water, and the water's overflowing. They're in a storm. Everything's going crazy. Everybody's praying. Everybody's trying to survive. And Jonah leaves everybody else. He goes down to the bottom of the ship. While everything's going chaotic, he down there sleeping. Because he knows what's going on. They don't even know what's going on. They cast lots to find out, which means that through some means, they figure out the real problem is sleeping downstairs. They go down, wake him up, and tell him what's going on, and Jonah confesses, yeah, y'all, it's me. It's me, it's me, it's me. I'm, I'm your problem. It's not the rain. It's not the wind. It's not the wave. It's me. I, I know I, hey. 
And notice, if you read chapter 1 closely enough, the men still don't want to bother Jonah. They try to keep rowing against the waves. And in verse 12, Jonah tells them, pick me up, throw me into the sea. Then the sea will calm down. Wait a minute. You're out in the middle of water. You said, throw me into the sea. Do you have a death wish? Pair this with what we just heard him say. Kill me, God. Do you have a death wish? Throw me in the middle of the water. The second thing Jonah did was he allowed himself to be assaulted. He allowed himself to be assaulted. Verse 15 says, so they picked his rump up and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased its raging. Y'all, I see y'all are getting with me now. Some of y'all looking up at me like, my goodness, where is he going today? I'm not through yet. And then we get to the verse we just read, and he asked for his annihilation. He asked for his annihilation, his destruction. Verse, verse 3, he says, look, oh God, 4 verse 3, oh Lord, please take my life. For me, for it is better for me to die than to live. In verse 8, he comes back and he repeats the same thing again. And in verse 8, he says, he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah asked for annihilation. Now, if you stand with my, my thinking here, he abandoned his assignment. He allowed himself to be assaulted and he asked for annihilation. Now, I know you might think that Jonah has suicidal ideations, but if he really wanted to kill himself, he'd have just jumped overboard. He didn't want, why did he say, if you throw me in, he doesn't, he, not, he doesn't want to kill himself. There's something about this that's going on that's sneaky in the text. Y'all with me today? Because he now says to God, kill me! It is as if he has entered into a spirit of rebellion he is not getting his way and has entered into the struggling moment. And I'm talking to somebody right now because you're feeling that rebellion right now. You just, you about ready to throw a temper tantrum on God. I just can't take it no more. Something got to change. You, Lord, if you don't fix them, then fix me. Because y'all missed it, went over your head. If you ain't going to fix them, fix me. If you, I'm sick and tired of them. If you're not going to straighten them out, just take me out the mess. Ooh, what's you preaching today? You, God, fix them or fix me. Either way, I'm good with it. Either way, if you're not going to fix them, take me. Doesn't it read differently now? See, Jonah is suffering from three things. First thing is, Jonah is, is suffering here from what I call spiritual fatigue. You see, he heard God's voice and he can't outrun it. 
he, he, he's spiritually fatigued. He, he knows what God told him to do, and he can't outrun it. He can't get away from it. He doesn't matter where he goes, even in the belly of the great fish prepared for his submarine journey. He can't get rid of God's voice. And if you listen to it closely enough, you read the text. This is going to blow your mind. You read the text of the great fish prepared. When you first read it, it reads in the masculine gender, the doll. When you read it, then later on, it reads in the feminine gender. And some of the old Midrash says that in the beginning the great fish was probably male and he had plenty of room inside of the fish and so Jonah wasn't praying to get out but later on God changed the fish to a female fish more small and he had no space and it was at that point that he was squeezed into a position where he makes his prayer in chapter 2 and tells God I know you're God doesn't want to die and he really does love God but he is spiritually fatigued <laughs> let, let me talk to some preachers let me talk to some pastors who've been given assignments that don't feel good let me talk to some deacons and some deaconess and some ushers and some church leaders and some trustees who've been given assignments that don't feel good, make you want to just give up. You're sick and tired of the bishop, the pastor, the other deacons, the other members. You don't want to do it no more. You're ready to throw in the towel. But before you do, I need to tell you that spiritual fatigue you're experiencing right now is not forever, but it is real. The struggle is real. When you know what God wants you to do but life has weighed on you so heavy that you almost want to resist the call of God on your life you can become spiritually fatigued and God understands so even when Jonah says kill me God says Jonah let me talk to you let me love upon you let me love up on you. I know it's real, but let me love. Come here, let me talk to you, son. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. I know you're going through right now. Let me talk to you. Let me try to give you my mind. Let me try to give you my wisdom. Let me try to make you understand who I am in this moment of your life. But, but, but it's not just spiritual fatigue. <sighs> It's social fatigue because he doesn't have anyone around him. And somebody I'm talking to right now, that, that you don't have a whole lot of folk you can tell what you're dealing with. What you're going through right now, you haven't even been able to share with anybody. Folk have no clue. They see the smile on your face. They see your, your good looks. They see the way you dress up, but they have no clue. You've been going through this thing by yourself, and you've got social fatigue. No, it's not just the social distancing of the pandemic. It's not just the fact that we can't be but six feet close to each other. No, it's not that. If there was no pandemic, you'd still be socially distant because you just don't have people that you let into your heart that closely because they can't handle your real self and your real truth and your real struggle and your real tears and your real pain. They want you to speak in tongues when you really feel like 
cussing. They want you to wave your hand when you feel like going in the bed. They want you to act like everything's okay when you know you're not and you're spiritually in a place now that the social fatigue becomes overwhelming. And God says, come here, baby. Come here. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. I need to talk to you. I've got just a couple more minutes. <laughs> he doesn't have anybody around him. Nobody's here. You know, that Eddie Murphy song, The First Coming to America, someone to share, someone to care, lonely hours, of despair to be loved to be loved oh what a feeling to be loved the, the, bad, the bad part about it is you could be with the one you love but they don't have the touch for the hurt you have You could be with them and they can't get to the itch where you need scratching. They can't touch that piece of the heart that you need healing. They can't lift the heaviness because the load is invisible. <laughs> There's some things that only God can do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through. I, I got, I got to close it. Uh, but then Jonah has one other problem. He, it's not only spiritual fatigue, it's not only social fatigue, but it's structural fatigue. Yeah. The God order, the way. God does things has frustrated him. God, why these Assyrians are getting stronger and the prophetic word even from even from Nehemiah and Obadiah, they, everybody knows that the destruction is coming to them. God, before they can destroy us, why don't you destroy them? Why are you offering them this compassion? Why, why are you offering them this leniency? I, I don't understand. You see, the structure of divine compassion and leniency is frustrating for the prophet. I don't understand how they can get away with that. Have you ever been there? Have you ever seen the wicked prosper and wonder, I don't understand how they get away with that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how, 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 I don't understand, I, I don't understand how 
<sighs> See, I want to propose to you today that Jonah doesn't want to die. What he really wants is to force God's hand. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, don't it? Jonah wants to force God's hand. Jonah wants God to have to answer to God. God's justice to have to answer to God's mercy. Jonah wants God to answer to God. God, I just, hey, I need something done and I need to understand why it has not been done and why you have heard the prayers of these wicked people. Jonah wants to force God's hand. You see, in truth, God's compassion and leniency are on trial. What does it say, Gloria? Thou changest not thy compassion they fail not as thou hast been thou forever shall be God I want to change yeah well wait a minute it appears to me and to others I'm sure that Jonah's attempts to force God away from compassion by making himself a sacrifice so that God would destroy Nineveh. Just take me. I done done some things you gotta be angry with. I went left when you tell me to go right. You, I fled from your presence. I, I, I'm back here now. I'm mad at you. I'm talking junk. I, I, I done done enough. I done enough. You know, hey, just go ahead and get me. Now that sounds ludicrous on the on the surface, but remember this: if God takes His life for sin, then the sins of Nineveh surely deserve the same fate. If he takes his life for sin, then none of us done worse than I've done. And, and if, if it takes me to sacrifice in order to save Israel from having to go through anything else, then I'll die now so that Israel will live and go on. So God, take me so that I can save you missed it, went over your head. I don't have a death wish, but I'm willing to sacrifice myself so that my, I'll take the sin reproach so that you can save Israel. As Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days, so too was Jesus. Oh, you're going to get this after a while. I'm, 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 I'm preaching over somebody's head right now. But you better understand something. There's something to this text because this text speaks to us. Jonah's trying to check. God, uh, let me help you do this way. Jonah wants to alter the very character of God. 
God, I, I, I know your character. I, 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 he reads God real well in verse 2, in chapter 4, verse 2. He said, I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, God. I knew that you're slow to anger, great in loving kindness. And when sinners turn to you, you revoke the sentence of disaster against them. I knew. See, I'm going to bless somebody before I get off this line. Y'all hang with me. I got one more of these to do next week, and I'm done with this series. I promise you. I'm going to get off Jonah. I'm going to leave Jonah alone. I'm, I promise to leave Jonah alone. I'm, I'm wringing Jonah dry. Some of y'all was like, I didn't know that much was in the book. <laughs> I, I can't get to my other points, so let me try and rock my, my way right here. I'm going I'm to stop. I promise you. Stay with me. Listen. Jonah... Uh, Jesse, James, John, Janice, uh, Janet, Jacqueline, every other J that I know, Jacquinetta, all of y'all. He talking to all y'all. To everybody in this room, to all of you, everybody, he's saying something. He says, you need to understand something about God. People who see God exclusively as the, pun as the punitive punisher, pugilistic divine being are grossly in error. Yanni, um, that's not the kind of God we have. We don't serve a God that just goes around cursing people to hell. Um, I know you want to curse everybody to hell. I, I know you picked out your favorite sins and you're going to send all them to hell and everybody else that you like going to heaven. But th before you do that, I think you better check again with God because you, you weren't on the committee selecting people and recipients for glory. I just want you to know, uh, um, uh, Jonah, you, you, you're not on the committee that can decide which nation I'm going to save. Jonah, I got children and sheep that are not of this fold. Jonah, you need to understand something. There are people that love me that you don't know nothing about. Jonah, get back here, son, because I have relationships that you won't even comprehend. Jonah, I, God continues to work on him to see the world differently. I, ca I came today. I, I came today to continue my pressing my claim to you that God wants you to see the world differently. You, you think you see, and you don't even know that you see out of a fundamentalist lens that has been put on your spirit, and you can't even see truth or righteousness because you think you know everything. You don't know God. What you know is what people told you about God. See, the God that we serve is a little different than what you've come to understand. That God has a loving, compassionate God. He loves people. He doesn't just kick everybody out of the Christian family or out of the family of God because they don't measure up to your puritanical values. He doesn't do that. He's not that kind of God. And it's going to mess you up when you realize that God's got some people that you ain't going to like. You preaching today, you crazy, but 
cray cray. Okay, come here, come here. Jonah, see the world through a divine lens. 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 Not simply as saint or sinner. Jonah, I don't want you just look at folk as saints and sinners because you'd get rid of people. Jonah, I don't want you to keep looking at him as good or bad. I, Jonah, because you would, you would just throw some people away that, that I put my love into. Jonah, I don't want you to look at them as righteous or unrighteous. This, the world is bigger than that, Jonah. Don't just look at righteous or unrighteous because you don't even know how to account for righteousness because I look at those that don't know their right hand from their left hand and I look at them as being ignorant and innocent. So I've got to look at them differently. It's not just righteous and unrighteousness. No, Jonah, here's what I want. I want you to rather look at them as divine creation in need of compassion. Jonah, where is your compassion? You've got more compassion for plants than you do for people. Where is your compassion? Jonah, Jonah, I need to tell you something about God. God is life. In him is life. God is light. He is the light of the world. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was made flesh. God is light in the world and God is love. And God is Lord of all. And if he's not Lord of all, he's nothing at all. God is Lord of all. And he is the God of a second chance. Unconditional love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wow, I know some of y'all got to hear it again. But I want to invite someone who's heard the word today who says, I want to accept Jesus in my heart. I want to be a part of the fellowship that's here at Shiloh. I want to welcome you now. You can give your life to the Lord. Just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It's that simple. Thou shalt be saved. And we can teach you everything you need to know. I want you to get in touch with me today. Call me. Text me, email me, get in touch with us. Let us know you've accepted Christ. If you're, here, if you're listening to us and you've been listening, you say, hey, I want to be a member of that church, you can join us, become a part of us. You know who I am, you know what I teach. And if you don't know, you ought to ask somebody because we are who we are and I am what I am. I welcome you to hear a word from the Lord. Come on, join us. Come on over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. I welcome you today to the Shiloh family. Let's pray for them. God, we thank you for those that heard this word. 
We pray, God, they not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. Let them, Lord, find in you the refuge they need from the trouble they're experiencing and let them learn to trust you. And though are those servants of yours who are weary now, spiritually fatigued, Lord, thank you for having those divine conversations with us that help to set us back on course with the love that only you can give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Saints, join us now in giving. You can give your tithes. If you notice, there's been almost a year. I don't beg. I don't get out here and start from the beginning to end talking about giving. What I do is I tell you, there are three ways to give. And JoJo so ably already mentioned it today. Give Lafay Cash App or mail it in. You know the tithe belongs to the Lord. And some of you have said you're going to stand with us, standing with the 70 with $20 a month. Please do what you can do as a part of your seed giving. And those seeds go to the upkeep of the properties that God has given unto the church. Join us. Give us unto the Lord. And may your giving be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. May men heap unto your bosom as you give as unto the Lord. Well, my time is up. And I'm just appreciative of you for being online with us today and for joining us. This has been a great time together.